With the 2022 World Cup set to kick off in just under two weeks, it's about time we got around to our group-by-group -group previews, as today we set our sights on Group A and B. We've got tournament favorites like England and Holland, dark horse hopefuls like Senegal, Ecuador, and the USA, plus a couple of teams that may just be happy to be along for the party. I'm Alex, here with Javier. We're finally back, Javier. World Cup group-by-group -group previews. I, I think the first time it was just you and me you know, cracking at these pods was four years ago to uh, around, well, I guess a little bit more than four years ago since uh, we had to wait a little bit, little bit longer for this World Cup. Uh, we cranked out a pod for every single group in the uh, World Cup last time. We're a bit lazier this time, but, uh, you know, we're still going to get, you know, a, a good amount We've of We've become uh, more efficient, done. Alex, not lazier. We've learned to yeah, do yeah, these that, in a more that, efficient way. Yeah. Let's choose to let's choose to approach it that way. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we don't have much time for dilly dallying. We got to make uh, or take advantage of all the time we have. So let's get straight into it. By the way, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna point out least excited for this World Cup that I have been for any World Cup in my life. So not just because Peru aren't in it, but because of the timing of it, because it's in the middle, because of all the humanitarian crime stuff around the building of the World Cup and Qatar and. I do think it's I do think it's great that Asia's getting a World Cup or Asia Middle East like they've never had a World Cup there. They have a tradition of football in the region. There's huge passion for the sport during that in that whole region. So I'm not saying that that area doesn't deserve to have a World Cup. Um, just you know the the whole bribery stuff that happened with FIFA. You know that all of these officials got bribed for this World Cup. Um, you know, the hearing that workers weren't getting paid or were dying, building the stadiums, all of that's kind of brought like a sour taste to me for this World Cup. So I'm not as excited as I have been for previous World Cups. Um, and I'm almost watching it like begrudgingly purely because, you know, I'm, I'm a football fan um, and I've watched every World Cup throughout my life and I'm not going to miss it because of these, you know, these things that have happened that are, I think, you know, while they're intertwined with football, they are outside of football um, and they're outside of football scope as well. Like there's not a lot that, you know, you or I could have really done to prevent something like that or to help anything like that. So it, it does feel like uh, bittersweet a little bit getting this World Cup. Yeah, I'm I wanted glad, to I'm say that before this we started it, these. Yeah. It, it, this is absolutely necessary. And um, one thing I'll suggest to uh, people listening, if you're like a little bit on the fence about. Uh, watching this World Cup, uh, then I, I would definitely say uh, go take a look at the Washington Post article about uh, the treatment of of uh, migrant workers in Qatar. There's also a very recent uh, podcast that was uh, released or a podcast series. I, I don't usually give plugs to other podcasts uh, on this, but uh, for this, I think it's worth it. The uh, Football Ramble, uh, an English-based podcast, they've started a uh, series, I think a week or two long series. Uh, yesterday, they released the, the first part of uh, a podcast series called Inside the Qatar World Cup, where they're directly talking to migrant workers and families of migrant workers who have suffered most from the conditions that creating this World Cup in Qatar uh, ha have been made. So, uh, yeah, definitely look out for those resources and come to your own conclusions. Uh, but th this is like this is the kind of stuff that like sports washing does to us. It's uh, buying your favorite club and pumping a ton of money into it. So y all you see is your favorite club doing well. 
Like, and I, I, I obviously have a first-hand account of that, and many fans of other clubs like City and PSG do as well. It, it's hard to, it, it's hard to, and this applies as well to the World Cup. It's they, they take something that is like ingrained in our childhood, like our first memories of watching football are at World Cups. For me, it was '98 France. And you, you can't, if you're a football fan, you can't miss a World Cup. It's just not something, even if it's in November, like the week of Thanksgiving, it starts. You, uh, you just have, you have to watch. So we're not as big of victims, obviously, as those uh, migrant workers and like the thousands of people that lost their lives just building stadiums for this thing. But, you know, you kind of feel like, why do I have to, why do I feel so helpless, like sitting by and watching this happen and knowing full well that I'm going to watch this World Cup regardless? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, like I said, it leaves a sour taste in the mouth. I'm not going to be waking up um, at all hours to watch, you know, for example, Qatar versus Ecuador. Like I I might have done it in previous World Cups. I know you will, Alex, but I won't. (laughs) Um, I'll watch some highlights of it. Um, I'm going to really just watch the, the big games of, the, of some of the groups and in the knockout rounds. But I'm not really going to follow this uh, World Cup as intently as I have other World Cups. And even if Peru had gone to this World Cup, again, I would have still had this like sour taste and not been as excited even for Peru. Because, frankly, I don't even think Peru would have gotten out of the group. But, uh, yeah. Well, that, I, that's, just, for, that's, that's for the that's, next That's uh, for another podcast, podcast we record. But, uh, but, yeah, no, I just... Uh, Overall, not that excited for this World Cup, um, and there's just a lot of clout behind it. There's a lot of, uh, you know, like uh, there, there's an English show on the BBC where this guy like always calls people out on it, and he had Gary Neville on it, and uh, he basically called them out for taking Qatari money, being like, you know, why are you going to Qatar to commentate and taking all this money from them if you've been calling out all these human rights stuff? Right. And uh, Neville really had no response, so... Right, it's things like that where it's 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 hard to it's hard to like get excited, but we'll, we'll do our best. We're uh, we're here for you guys. So we we care about football. Well, like my, my expertise doesn't even feel like the right word, but something that I, I feel like I can talk about confidently is you know the footballing side of things when it comes to you know the all the the political and human rights issues surrounding it. And it's not just about Qatar. We're going to get to it a little bit in this one. There's stuff coming out of Iran recently. That's, uh, you know, more to do with the human rights and, and political side of things, but it seeps into football regardless. So you can't just ignore it and talk about, you know, uh, whether a team's going to get three points or a, a draw or not. But regardless of that, uh, a good seven minutes to start. We, I think that's uh, worth worth it for, you know, everything surrounding this World Cup. But let's get to Group A. This group is made up of the uh, hosts of the tournament, Qatar. Uh, Ecuador from uh, South America, Holland from Europe, and the African champions, Senegal. Uh, let's start real quick with Qatar. Uh, their coach is uh, Felix Sanchez. He's a Spanish coach who's uh, been in charge for about five years now. He was part of their uh, youth setup for the U19 and U17 teams for years before that. So he's very familiar with this team. These players are uh, all pretty experienced and very familiar with one another. They've been in this setup for a good few years now, preparing specifically for this tournament. I think it's been about 10 years, maybe just over 10 years since it was announced that they were going to host it. But uh, yeah, the Qatari Sports Investment, uh, QSI, the, the firm that owns PSG, they've been putting 
countless resources into not only preparing Qatar for this World Cup, but making sure that they have the players that uh, they don't get embarrassed in this World Cup. Now, that may happen anyway, um, but they've got a pretty tough group to deal with first time. This isn't, this isn't going to be like Russia a couple of years ago where Russia had like Egypt and Saudi Arabia in their group and, you know, Uruguay were a clear first place in that. But it's not going to be like that. They, they'd be lucky to not finish bottom, I think. Uh, you're sort of in agreement here? Yeah, I mean, I was looking at their squad. I don't recognize too many of their players. Um, when I look at some a team comparable to them, maybe like Iran, they have a lot more recognizable talent on the team. I'd say they're more they're more comparable to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they are, and they're a team like you said, where they have a lot of experience together. You know, a lot of the players play in their local league or or you know or in Saudi Arabia, um, you know, India leagues like that. But people always underestimate the host nation, especially when they're. You know, in in situations like this, I remember in the the Korea, I think it was Korea Japan World Cup, right? Where Korea and Japan both went super deep into that. I think South Korea even made it to the semifinals um, of that World yeah, Cup in two thousand two. Yeah, that they was that Italy was crazy. With a golden goal. Um, so you never know with these host teams how far they're going to go, how well they're going to do in the group stage. Having said that, like you said, this is a really hard group, so I don't think they're going to be able to make it out. Um, I think it's possible they finish third and they surprise people, but I think third or Maybe, fourth. But third is their is their ceiling, and I think you know most likely fourth place for them. Like you said, they have been preparing for it for a long time. You heard of, you know, back ten years ago of them getting you know young Brazilian or talent from other places to try to bring them to Qatar and, and nationalize well, them. And their their best player, Almoaz Ali, the uh, the twenty six year old striker. He's a, a prime example of that. I think he's uh, ethnically Kenyan, but came to Qatar when he was a teenager and effectively became a re- nationalized uh, Qatari citizen. Part of the preparation that I mentioned for Qatar to, ahead of this World Cup is this phenomenon where we've seen you know them kind of see teams like the USA and Japan compete and, and Mexico compete in tournaments like Copa America. And they did the same thing. They went to uh, Copa America, I think, in 2000 or no, 2019. They competed in Copa America, uh, didn't get out of their group there. Uh, they That same year, they won the Asia Cup, uh, the, you know, the equivalent of the Copa America for Asia or the, you know, the Gold Cup for North America. So they, they are the reigning Asian champions, at least international competition. And then uh, two years ago, they paid for the entire Gold Cup. They paid for the tournament to be put on, the North American Championships, so that they could compete in the the Gold Cup. And they did really well. They won their group. Uh, They were in a group with, I mean, not great teams, Panama, Granada, and and Honduras. Uh, But they beat El Salvador in the knockout round after that and then lost to the USA in the semifinals 1-0. But they, they put on like a pretty good account for themselves. Amouaz Ali, that striker I mentioned, he had four goals at that Gold Cup, uh, leading like the leading scorer for Qatar. He had nine goals at the Asia Cup back in 2019 when they won that, which you know was ahead of plenty of other very talented players like Yoming Sun and uh, Mehdi Taremi from Iran. They, they they're not they're not a bad team. They just kind of lack like defensive talent. They try to make up for it by playing with like five defenders at the back. And then, you know, counterattacking really swiftly from there. But uh, I, I don't think they're going to be good enough at, uh, you know, defending in numbers against the, like this high quality of opposition that they're going to be able to, 
you know, even finish third, I think. I think they're odds on to finish bottom. Do you have the same thing for them, finishing bottom or Yeah, I think they finish bottom in this group. I couldn't I couldn't find a team that they could really finish over. I mean, I think it could be possibly Ecuador if Ecuador don't have the the same type of well, let's get to them. Let's just, yeah, we'll, we'll, let's we'll just get transition to, them to Ecuador. Here. Yeah, let's let's do Ecuador. Let's do it now. Uh, uh, Ecuador, they're back in the World Cup. It's uh, they are. It's been a while. No, I mean it's been one World Cup. I think they were at the 2014, oh, yeah. 2010, yeah, yeah, and 2006 the, World Cups. They had like a run of World Cups that run. they had qualified yeah, they for. It's true, but that was they when they through, had you know, Enner and Antonio Valencia. It was a different different looking. Ecuador well, they still side. they still have Enner Valencia. He's oh, well, still well, a very well, big part of the squad. So. Uh, but yeah, Antonio Valencia and uh, I mean, I can't remember some of the other players, but they moved on that generation and they've got themselves a bit of a golden generation coming through. Still very young, maybe a bit too early for some people to predict Ecuador to do anything at this World Cup. But I'm just going to I'm just going to say it now. I have Ecuador coming out of this group. I have Ecuador in second place ahead of Senegal. I really believe in this team. And frankly, I, this is a. A, a nod of confidence to Conmebol qualifying. Like any team that gets out of Conmebol isn't afraid of anyone else. Like Ecuador have had to hang with Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, Uruguay, tons of big teams in South America. They're not going to be afraid of a Holland team that has, you know, Memphis Depay up top and and all their talent at center back. So this, this this Ecuador team has really good Alex, young players like Moises Saicedo. Let me stop you there. No, no, I'm not, don't stop me here. I'm I'm hyping up your South American. You're hyping brethren. up Ecuador, but it's it's I, it's the wrong team to hype up, Alex. No, I, it's not. They're, this young generation. You want to hear some of the names, Javier? I know you know them, but for the people, we've got Moises Saicedo, the brilliant box to box midfielder from Brighton, only 21 years old. Pervis Estupinian, the left back from Brighton. Uh, he was playing for Villarreal for two or three years yeah, they before have a really that. Good left side. An absolute ox of a Ecuador left back. Ecuador has a really good left side. Valencia, uh, Casado, Estupian. They have Byron Castillo, their right back, who uh, just signed for Club Leon in Mexico. He was the player that uh, Chile tried to make like a big deal out of him not being eligible for Ecuador, and that and that Chile should get like the Ecuador spot. It was a whole thing. Go go read about it. But uh, he he is Ecuadorian. Uh, they have uh, Piero Hincapier, who, you know, you brought to my attention, actually, Javier, the uh, center back slash yeah, left back very, for Bayer Leverkusen. Good. He's excellent. He's, And again, these players are, you know, Hincapier is 20 years old. Moises Saicedo is 21. Estupinian is 24. He's a bit more in the prime of his career. Uh, but then the final one I want to mention is Gonzalo Plata from Real Valladolid. He's 22 years old, one of the paciest wingers in La Liga. It's this these kinds of players and I'm leaning on Conmebol being like a pressure cooker that, you know, forms diamonds. And it I, does. I bet on... It does, but for Ecuador specifically, they they just rely so much on their home form in Conmebol. You know, they have the, the advantage of, of altitude in their home stadium, and they often... But that's half the teams in Conmebol. No, it's not. It's only a couple of teams, and Ecuador are the, the biggest... You, Bolivia... No, we don't Paraguay, have, we don't. Are you guys, altitude. are you guys playing no. at like altitude? No, we play at sea level. Lima really? is Lima is a coastal. Do you town. not have other stadiums that you play at in altitude? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, we always play at the Estadio Mon- Monumental in 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 Lima. But 
this Ecuador team, like, I don't, I don't believe in them that much purely because, like you said, they're a young team. Like, I know they're going to get to the next World Cup, and I think they'll be a force in that World Cup. But I think that this is coming a little bit early for them. Um, while I don't think that the hot weather um, will affect them very much, you know, if there is hot Which, weather, by the way, that's this the is, case. This is some kind of myth because I've seen the, like, the, what do you call it, the weather forecasts, and it's all, like, in the high 70s and low 80s. It's oh, nothing, okay. like, insane. There isn't like, <laughs> like, people made a big weather. deal out of that. Yeah, but I think it's too early for them. Um, I think they relied a lot on their home form in the World Cup, and then they've had a few friendlies, like, after the qualifying finished. Um, and, I mean, they beat Nigeria 1-0 in the... They got a nil-nil draw with Mexico. They beat Cape... Cape Verde 1-0, which is not very good. They should have absolutely beaten them my way more. Nil-nil draw with Saudi Arabia, nil-nil draw with Japan. So they haven't been losing games, but they haven't been scoring very many goals. I think that's going to be their problem. Um, I think they're going to get like nil-nil draws, maybe one-nil wins, but it's going to be hard for them to, to, you know, if they face a top team like I think Senegal and Holland are, it's going to be hard for them to find goals and... I think 1-0 wins in against either of those teams is going to be the only way that they're going to find themselves out of this group. I don't have as much faith that they're going to, you know, be able to go up against Senegal or Holland and keep a clean sheet or or even be able well, to score a goal. So Let me let me lay out a scenario for you. I think you. the clean sheet is the the only way to victory. The the final thing I'll I'll say about Ecuador is that there's a very real scenario where first game of the tournament is Qatar versus Ecuador. Uh, on on Sunday, that's the only game being played on that, that could Sunday be a nil, to open nil, the nil tournament. Uh, no, there is no chance that is a nil nil draw. If anything, that's going to be high scoring uh, because you know these two teams do make mistakes at the back sometimes, more more so Qatar. Uh, but I, I'm just seeing Ecuador going out there beating Qatar like three or four nil. This is really their chance to for Ecuador. That is, it's really their chance to bump up their goal difference as much as possible. Let Netherlands and Senegal like see if they play out to a, a draw the next day. They're not going to beat all of a the sudden, host team on opening day they three might. or four. I, I'm just saying they That's might. Just not they, are, they, are, they are better than Qatar. And I think That's they are not good enough to, to beat the host team They are better than Qatar, the but it, they're the home team. They're the host team at home in front of their all of their home fans. They're going to be going crazy. Like There's just no way that Ecuador, who... Like I said, they have a huge home advantage in South America. They're going to be away from home, you know, at a hostile ground, nil-nil, one-nil at most. Okay, like, let I'm me ask you a you question. I'm telling you it's not going to be like Let that. me ask you a question. Do you think Qatar are as good of a team as, say, like Bolivia in South America? Sure. I think they're comparable, like, okay, with, with so how long in, they've been together. In qualifying, Ecuador went to La Paz and beat Bolivia 3-2. That is one of those, you know, teams that play at, uh, right, at elevation. Like, Bolivia is a very Bolivia's difficult like a, environment uh, to go into. Inflation, dictator-torn countries. Like, uh, this is going to be the start of a World Cup. I just, I, I, I think you're, you're underestimating a little bit Qatar here after you tried to hype them up um, and... Hey, listen, I, know I didn't that, try I to hype up you're anyone. you're coming in I'm hype just, on Ecuador, I'm ex- Alex. I'm explaining... And I appreciate it. But I don't know if it's going to be the right team to uh, to hype up, you know. All right. Well, um, just to let you know, that that's my team that I think could uh, could be the, I, the I Croatia. Like your, no, this, I like your little. Uh, I like your. I think they could win a, a knockout round game as well. Yeah. They, no, I like it. If they like get it. second in this group, there's the potential for them to play England in their first knockout game, and I wouldn't. If I was England, I'd be fucking horrified of having to play Ecuador. 
I know they have the talent advantage, but you know, just for my money, I think a hardworking young team is going to really excel in this World Cup. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fading all of the older like teams because you need as fresh of legs as possible for you know how weird of a situation this is going to be playing a World Cup like a week after. I mean, I think they're going to be playing in your league season with Senegal for that uh, second spot. Well, yeah, let's get to Senegal then, since I'm, I'm assuming we both have Holland getting out in first. I do uh, have Senegal first. Uh, it is their third World Cup. They are the uh, African champions after winning the African Cup of Nations last year. I obviously like this team's spine. I'm still not crazy, though, about their ability to control games. And, you know, I'm, I'm guessing by how you reacted to that Ecuador pick, you're going to say Senegal are, are getting out of this group. I'm just saying in games against like Qatar and Ecuador, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, I mean, Senegal yeah, struggle at times to Mendy, control the Bali, Mane, Ismail Asar, Idris Agey, you know, pop. Uh, That's a good defensive team. If they have it's a good all those players team, starting, then yeah, I think a, they're going to get through the group, get out of the group. Team. No, it's not a, but like having Ismail Asar and Sadio Mane, that's enough to, you can just keep your, you know, keep a good defensive performance and play on the counterattack and you have two super pacey, you know, skilled winger slash attackers that, you know, Mane's been playing more as a striker um, and it suits the Senegalese national team to have him playing more centrally. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's going to show in this World Cup. Now, I think them having the first game be uh, the Netherlands is going to be really hard because, if they find themselves, you know, with a big loss to the Netherlands to start, it could be, and, and you know, like you say, Ecuador, you know, gets a win against Qatar, then they're already in a big hole. Um, and, you know, they really are going to need a result against the desperate Qatar team in, in the second game. So it's not set up great for Senegal to make it out of the group with the way that the games are, are set up. Um, and then it, I, I, I kind of feel like that last game, Ecuador-Senegal is going to be to who makes it out of the group. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so much of how these groups go is based off of what the schedule is. And it's only three games, obviously, uh, but a, a good start to your World Cup can do wonders, even just for your own team's like confidence. You know, Ecuador coming off a win, uh, then playing like Holland, maybe Holland drew the first game with Senegal. That, that's the kind of scenario I'm talking about where they maybe have the confidence to get a result against Holland and maybe carry that over to hold on against Senegal. Uh, for Senegal, I, I just I just think for a team that has you know the most talent of any African team w- we have at this World Cup, I think that's fair to say, right? Like, yeah, they Ghana have the most star and, power, absolutely. And Morocco have some star power, but it's not it's not the no, same in every Senegal. phase of the pitch as it is. I was going to say Ir- Senegal. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think with the with the star power Senegal has with the with the goal scoring, like you said, they're the African Cup of Nations, you know, champions. You know, they've had some not like this has been a rise for this team for a while. Um, and I think this is going to be the the big stage for them. The, the point I'm trying to make is that Senegal have been winning and that's obviously great for them. They won their first ever African cup of nations, but where it kind of, where I kind of like falter in my belief of them is that they, they're not doing it in an impressive way. It was a nil nil with Egypt in the final and they won on penalties. It was, you know, they created more chances in that game uh, than Egypt but they're, they're just very wasteful. And when they when they get on the counterattack sometimes, they don't really have the quality in midfield to consistently find players like Mane and Saar. They, they're walking out with like a Drissa Gay, whose distribution has been pretty awful at Everton so far this season. 
uh, Chiku Kuyate from Nottingham Forest. You know, he's getting on a bit too at 32 years old, and he might be more of a center back than a defensive midfielder. It's, uh, I'm just not confident that they're like definitely better than Ecuador. So I, I'm thinking they're going to finish third in this. Are you predicting them for second? And if so, how far do you think they could go into the tournament? Yeah, no, I, I think I'm going to say that they narrowly squeak out in second. I'm thinking like they're going to get knocked out right after this. So I think this is getting out of the group would be good for them. That'd be a great achievement for them because... Like you said, they won their first African Cup of Nations. It's just been a rise for the team. So even getting out of the group would be great for them. So you sure think if they get out in the second and they presumably get a, a date with, with England in the uh, probably round lose, of 16, yeah. you think they probably lose? Okay. Just just want to make a note that uh, uh, I think Ecuador could uh, beat England. And uh, I believe that means I believe in Ecuador more than Javier believes in Senegal. So if you're going to lean with someone's pick, go with mine. Uh, yeah, moving on. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm not super confident about who's going to get out in second in this group. So, Moving on to Holland. They're back in the World Cups for the first time since 2014. Uh, the last two times they've been in a World Cup, their lowest finish has been the semifinal when they got to the semifinal in Brazil. Uh, and, and before that, obviously, 2010, they got to the final and lost to Spain. They missed that 2018 World Cup. Uh, they're back now, back with Louis van Gaal. Uh, he took over last year after Frank de Boer had kind of a miserable performance at the Euros with a, you know, let's admit it, like a very talented team, like a team that on paper, I, I'm sure they are pretty confident, especially with how the bracket could shake up for them, depending on uh, results in other groups. They, they may have like a nice run of games to the quarter or semifinal. And once you get to that stage with the players that Holland have and their record in the World Cup... Who knows? Like we obviously both think that they're going to finish first in this group, get out of the group. But how far do we think they can go in this World Cup? I think it depends. You know how much this this young generation, because um, they have a good mix of young talent and experience. Um, the young talent being players like Mateus Delict, who I mean he's been around a long time, but he's I think he's only still twenty two or twenty three. Um, Cody Gakpo been lighting up Europe so far this season, um, you know, in yeah, Europe. Yeah, he's a winger and, from, and, from PSV. Uh, from PSV. Um, they have uh, Brian Broby from Broby, uh, yeah. Ajax, who's looked really good um, on that Ajax team this season. Uh, Terrell Malassia, the uh, left back from Manchester United. We've seen him, you know, debut and, and get game time. Ryan Gravenberch, um, that's another, you know, young talent on Ajax. All these players, you know, don't now necessarily Bayern, start. But. They don't all start at the same time for the Dutch. There's a lot more experienced players like, uh, you know, Vincent Jansen and uh, well, I guess oh, Burwine. Well, Bur- Bur- I guess you can call Vincent Jansen oh. the first one. <laughs> well, he gets game time. He starts. Well, he always starts not? on the team. Vincent Jansen? No. Yeah, he gets. It's gonna be. It's going to be Memphis Depay and yeah, Depay or Bergwijn and Gakpo. Is yeah, the, they're the both forwards. around 27, 28 years old, right? Um, you got players like uh, Martin Darun, who's been around a long time, Daly Blind. You know, even Burwine's like 25, not in his early uh, 20s. Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, Virgil van Dijk. Nathan Ake's been around a little bit. Frankie um, de Jong. Yeah, it's... Uh, Steven Bergwijn. It's a good mix. Yeah, there's Actually, a lot of... I want to mention two more young players. Uh, Dumfries. I think He's one of these good. two will, you know, get their big move in January based off their performance in this World Cup, and that's uh, Jurian Timber, the uh, center back slash right back from Ajax. He was linked with Manchester United uh, before this. 
uh, or I guess last uh, summer, the move didn't happen because I guess Ajax didn't want United to take their whole team. Uh, and then the other player from Ajax as well is Kenneth Taylor, 20-year-old center midfielder who can also play out wide sometimes. He's been really impressive to me. And Ajax as a whole have not been very impressive. But for a guy who sounds like he's from like the East End of, of London with a name like Kenneth Taylor, doesn't sound Dutch at all. He's... He, he caught my eye when he, he actually started playing well. And I, I thought to myself, like, where did the, how did this guy get this name? And how is he Dutch? Um, but yeah, those are two more to keep a lookout for. I do like that Van Hal has embraced, like, the 5-3-2. You know, Holland, the Dutch, they're very, like, they take a lot of ownership over, like, 4-3-3 and how they created, like, the 4-3-3 passing style that, you know, has sort of made its way to France through, uh, not to France, to Spain. Uh, through Johan Cruyff, but they've, they've like a lot of people there are not happy that Van Hal has sort of like cast that aside and gone with a five-three-two with three center backs. But I think when you look at like the players available to him, it's not the worst decision to I make. Say, I you feel have like Van it, Dijk, it does work you well Devry, with uh, you have yeah, Ake with, with the strengths that the Dutch have, and they have they have good wing backs. They have you know ta- young talent in midfield, but they need it. They need a, a really strong spine in that team. And I think that's where they found their form. Um, and I think Louis van Gaal's a, a great coach for them. He's you know been able to turn turn it around for the Dutch. So I'd be excited if I was a, a Dutch fan in this World Cup. I think they go out in first, and like you said, they make a run to the you know it's set up for them to make a run to the the quarters of the semifinals this year. Yeah, and uh, if you're a U.S. fan, which I think most of our our listenership is based in the U.S., then uh, if the U.S. plans on or if they do get out of their group in second place. This would most likely be the team they would they would play in the round of sixteen. So keep an eye on the Holland team. There, uh, they they could crash out or they could you know win the World Cup. The, the the volatility of you know results for this team are all over the place. So let's lay down just like our final predictions for this. Uh, in first place in this uh, group, Group A, I've got Holland. Then I've got Ecuador in second, Senegal in third, and Qatar in fourth. How about you, Javier? Yeah, I've got. Holland, Senegal, Ecuador, Qatar. All right, on to Group B, one of the uh, juicier groups uh, we've got available to us. England, USA, Wales, and Iran. Where do you want to start on this one? We started kind of at the bottom of uh, the last one. Sure, let's start with England, Alex. (laughs) Let's start with England. Good, Javier. I'm happy you got the vibe of this this pod. I think England are going to make it out, obviously, and I think they're going to make it out probably in first place. I think this group isn't going to be too hard for them. I think this England team's good enough and shown in the last couple of competitions, you know, the Euros and in the last World Cup, that they, they're they a force to be reckoned with, that they're going to, you know, they can easily make it out of groups. They have enough talent um, and enough togetherness in this team to to make a deep run in this tournament. You know, this is a good mix of, of youth and experience. And I think that because of this Reese James injury slash... You know, we'll see. I think Kieran Trippier will be the starting right back. Um, but I think if Ben White can get into this team and they actually playing Ben White, um, I think this England team could go could go far in the tournament. I think if they're playing Harry Maguire and, you know, uh, right. So there's there's two things you could talk about with this. Are they whether they play Harry Maguire? Right. In this back Are they going to play Harry Maguire on? and start him in every game and make him the captain? Um, but what I think, makes you think they're not going to start him? Like Gareth no, Southgate no, I just think they has are. this I th- and I think that that, undying that, love that for will him. inevitably be their downfall, you know. But do you think that could be their downfall in the group stage? No. Like, think, absolutely not. No, definitely not. 
I think that they could. I, do, I wouldn't. They, I wouldn't rule it out personally. Now, nah, there's just isn't enough talent or uh, you know star power on any of these other three teams that I think that England will have particularly issues with. Um, I think they know Wales well, and they usually do well against Wales. The USA, just again, young team. Good in their region, I mean, we'll, but not not we'll good at the, we'll the other teams in the yeah. group. But I, like, I think England will uh, will easily make it out of this group. I say the first I, place. I want to I pick up on something you said there about the actual like lineup or formation uh, choices. You really think Kieran Trippier is going to be starting at right back ahead of Alexander Arnold? Because I think in this system, the three the three 100%. or I guess the five yeah. the five two three. I even think Ben White should start over Trent, but yeah. But but again. Ben White, if he starts, it would be a right center back. It wouldn't be out at right wing back. Like Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think, is going to be starting a right wing back since... I mean, Reese James, it's... Uh, Trent's been absolute dog out. shit this entire Reece James season. Why could, would you start him? Uh, I mean, why would you start Harry Maguire? I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm just saying that's my, yeah. that may be how it shakes out. Uh, but Reese James may be back. It's, it was announced yesterday. He's also oh, Bukayo Saka. He's weeks. probably going to score on every single game in the group stage. So I mean, well, I, let me, let me get to that. There, there's a group. couple of things we have to talk about. I actually I do want to get to something about Bukayo Saka. Raheem Sterling trash should not play. We know that. Alex. I think I think this ends up being uh, Trent Alexander Arnold at right wing back. A rotation depending on the matchup at left wing back. It's going to be either Luke Shaw. Uh, you know, who has had some good games for England recently. Or he's played Kieran Trippier at left wing back there as well. Even in the last like World Cup finals, he played Kieran Trippier. So that that's something to keep a lookout for, uh, along with whether Maguire starts at the back. They they obviously have other options like Fikayo Tomori. He's very he's been very good at left center back before for Chelsea and AC Milan. Uh, but, but I just don't see Gareth Southgate having the common sense to do that. And then the rest of that back line could be made up of, you know, Ben White from Arsenal. Uh, we haven't seen too much of him, but maybe he could play right center back. And then John Stones from Men City. So that's, you know, it's a decent defensive line. They've got one of the more exciting young midfields in the in the, the tournament with Bellingham and Declan Rice. And then this is where I want to get to uh, Bukayo Saka. I know fully well what your answer is going to be to this, but should Bukayo Saka be starting in that front three along with Raheem oh, Sterling and Harry no Kane question. Yeah, over no Phil question. Foden? Over yeah, Phil Foden. No question. No question. No question. Make the I case. Mean, he should definitely be starting over Phil Foden and Raheem Sterling. The only player who well, okay, gets on that team here. sheet before let me just, him is Let me Harry just lay Kane. this out for you. Kane and Sterling are starting regardless of form. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying those two well, will be starting in that well, front get, three. I think Southgate the one will, that could will be learn that he's Foden. going to have to bench Sterling to get the best results. And Again, I Foden, point you Saka towards Harry Maguire. Uh, Harry Kane. I know. I mean, inevitably, it's going to be why England don't win this World Cup. is because they have Gareth Saskia as their coach. Southgate so. has his favorites. And when once you're one of his favorites, you're never out of the team. So Sterling, Kane, Maguire, those kinds of players... Trippier to a degree. Those kinds of players are going to get opportunities regardless no, I know. of how and well they're playing. They for their might club. start in the first game, but I think if the first game doesn't go well, he's going to have to change things, and the, those are going to be the obvious changes. I'll, I'll agree with you on the uh, Bukayo Saka nod. I think he should start ahead of Phil Foden, even though I don't think he's necessarily a better player than Phil Foden. Phil Foden hasn't done much for the England national team for me 
to be impressed with. Like it always seems like he kind of disappears when he's playing for it's England. The same with Jack Grealish. People are like, oh, Jack Grealish. You know, he just when he was yeah, on I mean, Aston Villa, I think he'd play Saka well, or but Mason then when he'd Mount. Play for England, would be better. He look good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Saka or Mount would be better in that front three, and maybe Saka. I would exit over Mason Mount because you need a bit more of that like pace and. Uh, abil- or ability and willingness to like run in behind a bit more. Mason's going to drop off a bit more. And, and I think still Saka's press, like, like Saka the second would. or third name on the team sheet. I think it's like he's going to start every game. Well, yeah, but based that's off just form, by, you, that's you'd just think my so. thought. Yeah, based on form and what they're going to see it when they're in the training camp, that's what's going to happen. So England, you know, they haven't been great lately. They Their last three Nations League games, they lost 4-0 to Hungary, they lost 1-0 to Italy, and then they had a 3-3 draw with Germany. England haven't been looking great in this World Cup, but they have been testing things out, and they've had injuries and form problems. So I think they figure it out in this group stage and you know make a little run in the knockouts. Don't go too far, but I still have them winning this group. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, my next question was going to be, do you think they can win the World Cup? And I was going to say they should. No, absolutely they should. Not. They should be themselves. They should be expecting to, since they went to a semifinal at the last World Cup and a final at the Euros. That Their goal now should be to win a tournament. Uh, but I agree with you. I don't think they're going to pull it off. Uh, I think they'll get tripped up by some smaller team in the knockout rounds. Let's move on to the USA. Their manager is Greg Berhalter. It is their uh, 12th World Cup. They're back for the first time since 2014. Uh, they're another one of those teams that missed out in 2018, and uh, they've brought with them a whole new generation of. Uh, let's, let's. I'm not it. excited at all for for this World Cup for the United States. Just the manner of that they made it to this World Cup, the way that they've looked recently in friendlies and in games, you know, like especially that Japan game. I know that like the talent that they have, the you know the players. I'm sure that you were going to mention Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney. Gio Reyna, Brandon Aronson, um, you know, Sergino Dest, uh, Della Torre, all of these players. This this, this feels like a, a like a direct attack on Christian Pulisic that you're not mentioning him. I get yeah, it. He's not been not. great, but you, you mean he's still one of the first players sure, on the Christian team sheet. Christian Pulisic, he's the captain, yeah, absolutely, you know. absolutely. Come on, man. Throw, throw, some, all throw of these some players, respect on his name. All of these players, you know, Ricardo Pepe, they're all good young players. Pulisic, you know, I would say is now, you know, like supposed to be in the prime of his career, but it's a little bit too early for me for this World Cup. I think they need a much better coach. I don't think Burhalter has the tactical or the, you know, wherewithal to get, he, he tries to play a high pressing game with this team, which, you know, kind of feels a little bit like what Jesse Marsh tries to do, um, but he doesn't have like the technical or the the togetherness in the team, to, the cohesion to, to really create like waves and waves of attacks with with the with the amount of talent that he has on the team, um, so I think they need a better coach, someone who can drill these players better. I think the next World Cup will be a lot much like this Ecuador, like like the reasons why I thought Ecuador weren't going to do as well as maybe like the, on paper it might look like like the talent they have. Um, it's a similar reason for the United States. I think it's just, huh? Okay. Well, one it's, thing I'll say too for, early for them. just to defend Burhalter a little bit, I, I don't want to seem like a Burhalter apologist, but one thing generally I think that has kept this U.S. team from really like molding into more of a cohesive group is just the injury proneness of so many of their players. Like they've never had, it, it seemed like in qualifying at least, they never really had their full 11 available. And I get it. A lot of teams have like to deal with that. The U.S. lost to Canada like, 2-0 in qualifying. They lost 2-0 to Costa Rica. Yeah. They lost, you know, they drew with Mexico. Like, 
they're not that good. <laughs> they're they're yeah, okay. And, and the times that I've seen them look good as like a pressing and like possession team have been in CONCACAF qualifying, usually in home games against teams like Panama or El Salvador. Like once they get up against like a, even a half decent team, they, it usually goes to even shit. Even like a half decent, like I said, Canada, Mexico, like any of the half decent teams, Costa Rica. I, mean, they, I know they, they beat beaten Mexico, Costa Rica at home 2-1. They beat Canada yes, at, at home. one of the games. The, yeah, these are these yeah. are at home, but away from home, which is, this is going to be, you know, I don't know how, how, how you know, how many USA fans are going to be at these stadiums, but I don't think it's going to be that, you know, that, much joy for the U.S. in this World Cup. I think it's going to be kind of a struggle, kind of a slug through the mud. And if they somehow make it out of this group, which I don't really think they are, then I think they're going to get spanked in the knockout rounds. We've got two guys based in the U.S., and neither of us think the U.S. are getting out of this group. And it's not that tough of a group. Like, it is, and but it also isn't. Like, I don't even the think they can beat the Iran. Have available. Like, I don't even think that the U.S. can beat Iran. I oh, think that's going to be like are, a... Boy, are you talking my language. <laughs> I think, like, I think like, the U.S. is going to lose to Iran or draw Iran and lose to Wales and England, so... Well, the U.S., I, uh, I they're going to the start... going to have a good World Cup. They're going to start the World Cup with a game against Wales, which I think... In terms of the matchup, it's not it's not an easy matchup, but I think that's to me be that's one probably of the, the one of the more winnable like matches that they'll look up and say but maybe I, we I can actually, get a win here and start the World Cup well. I actually see this group being kind of frustrating for everyone to start. I think England and Iran are going to draw in their first game, and I think USA and Wales are going to draw in their first game. All teams are on one point going into the second round, and that second round is going to be when the U.S. plays England on Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving. It's a huge day of sports, to be honest. We've got like college football, college basketball. Uh, sure, there's NBA games, World Cup throughout the day. It's a huge game, a day of sports for in the in the U.S. And I think England actually is going to like slap up the U.S. I don't want to say that, even though I was born there. I don't root for England in these tournaments. I would rather the U.S. Yeah, I could see like a four nil or like a I, I just think England's going to yeah. take the U.S.A. apart. And they'll be sitting on one point, having to win their final game against Iran. And then I think Iran kind of come in and spoil their World Cup. So I think there's potential here for the U.S. to even finish bottom. I was about to say, I have the USA finishing bottom in this group. Ooh. Which well, is... Sorry, USA fans. I'm going to be a bit nicer. I'm, I'm not a Burr Halter fan. Bottom, I'm not a Burr Halter fan. I don't like the, the back line they've been playing. Well, you know, we do have Turner in, in goal right now and... I don't know if he's a big uh, upgrade on on Zach Steffen. So again, it's just it's not. Uh, it's I know not how you're going to answer this question, but who do you think should be starting, Turner or Zach Steffen? Because Zach Steffen, he's played 15 out of the 18 games in the championship for Middlesbrough this season. He's more match like fit and match sharp. Yeah, I don't know. He's a turp, also. Go go turp. I mean, I'll say Turner because he's on Arsenal, but yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I think it's going to be Turner as well, but you know it's. Uh, but Turner's also been dealing with an injury, so if that like gets worse, then we we, you know, we could see Stefan. He was step back in. on the bench in our last game, so I think he's okay. Fine. Uh, one more player from the U.S. I just want to mention that could be you know like a a breakout star if you don't know him already, uh, listeners. Is Yunus Musa, the center midfielder? He plays center mid for uh, the USA, but usually plays. Uh, out wide or on the wing for uh, Valencia. He's only 19 years old, but he is a sturdy-looking midfielder who I think could bring like that extra sort of bite and energy. Uh, and, the, and the U.S. have good midfielders already with McKenney and Adams, so he could add like a little extra layer of energy and creativity to that team that maybe makes the difference and gets them out of this group. 
So yeah, neither of us have uh, the USA qualifying. Sorry, USA fans. Better luck in four years' time when it's going to be here and in Mexico and Canada. Let's move on to Wales. Their manager is uh, Rob Page. It's their second World Cup ever. Their first since 1958 when the tournament was held where, Javier? Switzerland. Uh-uh. Give you a cue, I'll give you a clue. Pele was the uh, youngest ever goal scorer in the World Cup final of that World Cup. It was his first World Cup that he won. Sweden? Sweden, yes. Congrats. <laughs> you're, you're, I said uh, Switzerland you're, first. I yeah, was like, you said wait, Switzerland. It was Sweden. You were on, <laughs> yeah. on the right path for te- people that don't know anything about Europe. <laughs> it's better than your usual geography. <laughs> what do we think of Wales? I, I think they're going to finish bottom, but uh, there, there are some like exciting young pieces in this team that you know, could, could, could make a game of things for them. I don't know. I kind of have uh, a little bit more faith in this Wales team. I kind of think they're going to put on, they're going to be a surprise for a lot of people. I think Gareth Bale has kind of found a little bit of form on LAFC. I think he, he this could like be Not his really. last hurrah he, in this he World He came Cup. off the bench and scored like the equalizer um, that got them I do, MLS I do Cup, like their but... front three though of Kiefer Moore, Dan James, and Brendan uh, Johnson. Brendan Johnson, the, uh, the winger striker from... Uh, Nottingham Forest, um, and then they've been playing, uh, you know, Empadu in midfield, Nico Williams on the wing, um, you know, they have Wayne Hennessy in goal. There's, there's, there's some recognizable players, you know, Premier League talent that plays on these teams. A lot of players play either in the Championship or in the Premier League. And do you think um, Danny Ward could start ahead of Hennessy? Hennessy is like a backup for Nottingham yeah, Forest. He could. The and way Danny, Danny Ward's, Ward's been, playing. been playing, yeah, Danny Ward's been really good. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn between Wales and Iran right now. I, I don't know which one's going to get qualify. I think it's going to be really close. Wales, Iran, and the U.S., they all have a chance to get out in second. Um, it's just like kind of who shows up on the day. But I kind of think there's a good mix of experience and youth with this uh, Wales team. And I think they'll surprise. I, I have them going out in second, actually. I think they're like my surprise in this group. I, I think oh, England and Wales get out. I thought for a second you were going to steal my Iran pick. No, um, I have less faith in this Wales team uh, than I do the U.S. team, and I don't have the U.S. getting out. So I think Wales are finishing bottom. I, I can see what you mean, that there there is something that, you know, could be positive there. I just don't think they have the players to really compete in midfield, and I don't think they have, like, the cutting edge up top. Like, the Ukraine went to Wales in the World Cup playoff. The, like, there was that weird situation where, obviously, because of the... Uh, the, the invasion of Ukraine, the, the whole qualification uh, like bracket that they had with Scotland, Ukraine, and Wales got pushed back like a couple months. And uh, Ukrainian players like hadn't been playing for their club teams for obvious reasons, went to Scotland. They won that game. They had to win that game to get to the final playoff against Wales in Cardiff. They went to Cardiff and on the balance of play, they dominated Wales. They, they should have won that game and been like a Cinderella story coming into the World Cup. But... Wales got the the freak free kick uh, deflection goal from Gareth Bale to put them up one nil, and they just sort of held out from there and, and had like a bunch of good saves from uh, from Hennessy to uh, get them to their first World Cup in more than fifty years. So I, I don't I don't trust it in midfield. Like you know, there are some names like Aaron Ramsey, but he he's you know not been playing much for Nice this season, and you know is still a very injury prone player. You mentioned Ampadu. I don't. I think he's a good defensive midfielder, but I don't think he has the ability yet at his young age to like help control games and settle things down. You're going to see Wales be like very reliant on sitting deep and counterattacking. 
which I think like in the right moments they will be able to do somewhat effectively. But I, th- I think they're like unless Gareth Bale is able to play or come off the bench earlier and, you know, turn the clock back, which he could do. I just don't see Brandon Johnson, Dan James, and Kiefer Moore taking the majority of their chances. They're very wasteful players, all three of them. They're exciting. It's they're fast. Harry Wilson, Brandon Johnson. But I mean, it's going to be Brandon Johnson and decent, Dan James and Kiefer player. Moore. Like, it's going to be yeah. those three, I think, with Bale and Harry Wilson coming off the bench. But I, I just think those players are going to waste too many chances, and that'll send them home. The Joe Roden... Ben Davis, Ampadu, back three. That could be that could be decent. I know that that would be taking Ampadu out of midfield. Ampadu, he usually plays in midfield, though. Yeah. He usually plays at, like, the base of midfield. Um, but we'll see. So you have them in second. Wow, okay. Uh, well, let's get, to, let's get to Iran. It is their sixth World Cup. Their manager is uh, Carlos Quiros. You would be familiar with him. He's coached Portugal. He's been an assistant at Man uh, United. Yeah, Iran probably make it out of this group, don't they? God yeah, man. damn it. Iran God of the damn team, it. man. They just drew with Senegal and they beat Uruguay before they just this. Beat Uruguay. Like, they absolutely could make it out of this group. They have probably know, the best. Do you best, know? Uh, like, do you Asian know who they have? Talent, yeah. They've they got have, goal uh, scorers, Javier. They've got, got goal scorers. They've got yeah. center forwards who are for days uh, good Medi through Taremi, the middle, who can also play Azmoun, out wide. Yeah, Godos, Shahambakash. Yeah, they've they've got a good amount of uh, recognizable talent on that team. If you guys are Europa League fans, you'll recognize uh, Karim Ansarifard from uh, Ammonia Nicosia in uh, Cyprus. He just scored in the Europa League against Manchester United. They did end up losing that game, but he scored the opener. Uh, I, I don't think enough is being made of Mehdi Taremi and Sadar Azmoun. Mehdi Taremi has 28 goals in 60 appearances for the national team. He's got 41 goals in 76 appearances for Porto alone in all competitions. That's an insane strike rate. It's like a goal every other game or better. Yeah, and he's in his prime right now. So I think this is going to be the World Cup where uh, there's also going to be a lot of controversy surrounding Iran. You know, they, Yeah, it has to whole... be mentioned. It has to be mentioned. There's been civil rights groups that have been uh, requesting that Iran be removed from this tournament and that like Ukraine be put in in their place, which, you know, isn't going to happen. But... The reason that those requests are being made is because of the the human rights issues to, uh, you know, frankly, women going missing who are uh, lobbying for, you know, better, uh, more human rights for women in the country, just going missing. And then the government announcing later, like, oh, yeah, we found out like she, they killed themselves or something. It's just the shadiest shit going on there. And there's obviously been a huge backlash and protests in the country. Iran are not going to be kicked out of this World Cup. That's not going to happen. FIFA have doubled down and sent a message to all the teams saying, you know, don't let politics like seep into this World Cup. This is a, a, a sporting competition. So it's clear from FIFA they're not going to back down on this. But just in terms of like the players themselves and the whole football side, I've, I'm so confident in Iran. They're, they're going to be one of my surprises of the tournament uh, because they are a good defensive team. Uh, they're, they're, and they've got a they've got a very experienced national team coach in Carlos Quiros. Yes, you know he's, he's he's been in the national team scene for you know multiple decades now. You know what? Do you, uh, people don't remember this? They almost got out of that group with Spain and Portugal last time. They were in a group of Spain, Portugal, and Morocco. They were tying Portugal, and Medi Taremi missed a chance right at the end of the game that would have put them through ahead of Portugal. 
And, you know, maybe that's not the best uh, ringing endorsement that Taremi missed the chance that time. But, you know, he's 30 years old now. He's in the prime of his career playing Champions League. He scored like a beautiful overhead kick against Chelsea two seasons ago, uh, right at the end of the game. He's right at the peak of his powers. And they have other players, like you mentioned, Sadara's Moon from Bayer Leverkusen, also playing in Champions League the last couple of seasons. I just trust them. And uh, I don't like that I trust them. I'm not necessarily rooting for them, but just from what I've seen, I think Iran get out of, get out of this group in second place. Have I changed your yeah, mind, Javier? I like Have that, I swayed uh, you? Yeah, I like that pick, Alex. No, I mean, I, I, I do kind of think that they they might make it out over Wales. Um, you know, I don't really know Rob Page um, as, a, as a manager, and I know he's, he's got like some championship and, you know, experience around the Welsh League and the, the Scottish League, things like that. But kind of a big step up coaching the Welsh national team and yeah, Carlos Kiros, that's, that's just, I mean, I think his, his international experience, um, the way that he's had this Iran team playing recently in friendlies, as well as, you know, um, in, in, in the qualifier, you know, they like easily qualified for the world cup. So, um, I'm, yeah, I, I like it, Alex. I like it. I might, uh, I might switch my Iran and Wales here and go Iran second and Wales third. Well, are you doing it? Um, this is where I'm going to ask you. Lay down your uh, your yes, picks Alex. first through Iran four. second. You've swayed me. Wales third. All right. Well, let the record show that uh, we both have England and Iran getting out of this group. But uh, I have USA in uh, third and Wales in fourth. Javier has Wales in third and the USA in fourth. Uh, so if you want to direct your uh, hate over our mistreatment of the U.S. men's national team directed towards Javier because he has them at bottom. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I have more respect for the institution that is U.S. soccer than uh, than, than Javier. <laughs> Real quick before we yeah, go. Yeah, no respect there. Out of the teams we've previewed today, which team would you say has the best chance at winning the England. World Cup? Wow, that quickly. Okay. Yeah, I'll say Holland. Obviously. Holland. Yeah, England or Holland. I think both. Uh, but I bet I... Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how England develop in this World Cup. I need to see, you know, I need to see Southgate be able to admit he's made mistakes and bench players in a tournament. I know that he hasn't done it too much in qualifying, but sometimes when you're in in the midst of a tournament and your things are happening, you know, you're seeing, you know, you only have a few options and you can change it, and you're getting all the pressure. Sometimes it, you know, you, you succumb to the pressure and do what you do what you need to do to to win games and we'll see if England can do it all right well let's hope not um <laughs> Javier thank you uh for jumping on this one we've got uh, more world cup previews coming up over the next two weeks uh, I think Friday we're going to be previewing group C and D uh, group C is Argentina Saudi Arabia Mexico and Poland group D is France Denmark Australia and Tunisia so keep an eye out for that one if you want to follow Javier on Twitter, you can follow him at JavierRev9. You can follow me at ASMoss92. You can follow the podcast socials at GhostGoalPod. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and drop a rating and a review for us. That helps new listeners to find the pod. And uh, we want to welcome any new listeners that we may, you know, rack up during this World Cup festive period. You know, this is uh, when... People are looking for uh, more footy coverage outside of just the Premier League. So uh, welcome all if it's your first time listening to the pod. Keep an eye out for those World Cup previews. And until next time, see you.